0: Hey, I'm Ben Ramos, and I get the privilege of serving here as the senior pastor. We are a church all about the authentic power of God coupled with sound theology, because God's given us his inerrant, infallible word, and in it, he calls us to be people who are filled by his Holy Spirit, people who are empowered by his Holy Spirit, and people who are led by his Holy Spirit. As a local congregation, God's called us to help people take steps in their relationship with Jesus, to see them rise from death to life and glory to glory. I just want to thank you guys so much for joining us today. I truly pray and I hope that this message would be an encouragement to you and your life that it would help you to recognize that the mission field is all around you and that it would help you to take steps in your relationship with Jesus. Be blessed. As we talked about, um, we, we've talked about a number of times here within our church what it, what it means to glorify God, to, to point to God in, in every aspect of our life, to be able to point and say, oh, look, this is what my God did. This is what my God did, and so just that encouragement as we uh, press have pressed into that song. Let's continue to bring glory to God. What what our God has has done. You can have a seat. I want to just bring us a few words of encouragement this evening. And if it's okay with you guys, I just I want to be real. Can I do that? Is that all right? If I'm just if I'm just a little real, like. As a preacher, there's so many angles that you can take uh, when it comes to the Christmas message, right? I, I, I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, we, we could talk about the shepherds. We could we could talk about the magi. We could talk about the star. We could talk about some really cute stories from animal perspectives, Joshua. Right? Uh, this Christmas season, we've seeing the Jesus story from the perspective of doves and sheep and locusts and feathers and coins and diamond rings and bells and little peg dolls. But I I wanna take this as humanly practical as we can possibly make it. And so I was coming into this evening just asking this question. What is the most impacting and transforming way that we can look at at Christmas this year? In all practicality, for me, it was, all right, God, how do you want to lead your people in remembering you and the coming of your son, Jesus? Here's what I do not wanna do, because this is often the way that Ben's mind thinks. Here's what I do not want to do. I do not want to pretend I'll come into a room in some religious gathering and pretend like 2020 hasn't happened. I just don't wanna do it. I don't want to pretend like this has been normal. That it's just like every other year. I don't want to get into this place of having some like spiritual high or something like that uh by coming together and just forget everything else is is going on and let's just you know hide away for a little bit. I I don't want to do that. It seems cheap. I feel like it lessens the transformative power of the gospel of Jesus. And so I, I want to look at Christmas realistically. Like, let's actually look at what's going on in our, in our world today. I, I see the weight of current crisis just like crushing humanity. The weight. I see a nation divided by politics, by social injustice, by religion, I feel like nations are ready to wage war. I see anxiety, fear, phobia, mental health, physical health issues. And so with this reality, I suppose I was putting myself in your guys' perspective and, and asking the question of like, so how does this guy have the audacity to put together a Christmas service and uh, that's that's based around hope. How does this guy have the audacity to print a 40-foot sign that says there is hope for everyone driving down the street and paste it on the front of our our building for everyone to come by? Is is it just because I, I like I like the saying there is hope? It's going to give some people some ooh that kind of feels good, like some little little bubbles in there. How can I I say that boldly? And I guess more of a practical question for us this season is how, how can I help all of us to identify the real hope that there is, and not just like a moment of hope, but actually like a hope that we can carry with us, whether you're what, five or seven, or nine or 57 59 how old are you Maddox nine nine You got some nine year olds up in here y'all can have hope too and I, I want to give us a few a few ways to think of this hope and I don't want again I don't want it just to be saying there's hope. I I want there to be some reality. I want there to be some teeth with this tonight. So here's, here's the first thing I want us to remember, that my God, who is real, who is alive, who is here right now, and by the way, who created all of this around us, he actually empowers hope. He enables hope. Hope is empowered by God. For every hopeless circumstance, God is able to ignite. He's able to ignite hope. Consider the state of the people of Israel. Uh, When a lot of these promises that we have been talking about where God spoke to the prophet Isaiah and he gave them these promises of this Messiah who was to come. Think of the state that they were in. So the king of Israel, King Ahaz, He's having the the people of the northern kingdom of Israel and the people of uh, of Syria teaming together. They're coming against him. Uh, The kings have just led the nation of Israel astray time and time again. They're putting their trust in foreign powers. It's like hopeless situation after hopeless situation after hopeless situation. Someone say, "But but God. But God. He has a plan, he sees his people and he shares where his people fit into his plan and hope is empowered. Hope is released, hope is sparked, right? Because God let them in on this, this plan, that there's a plan for this coming Messiah. Consider this next passage. This is spoken through the prophet Jeremiah sometime later. As uh, the people of God continue to run away from run away from Him, and now they're in a seventy-year timeout in Babylon, and He speaks to them via Jeremiah and says, "For I know, you guys know this verse. For I know the plans I have for you," declares the Lord, "plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future." And a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And so God has a plan. He sees his people and he shares with his people where his people fit into that plan. And that sparks hope but again here's what I don't want to do I I don't want to uh, just share some scriptures with you and say that it was some far-off thing I believe that this actually happens in our life and this can happen in our life Um, and I've invited a couple people to share a couple stories this evening Jen if you would come um, and just share share with us for a couple minutes
1: Is this? Oh, yeah, there it goes. Okay. Um, So on top of 2020 already being kind of crappy, mine, like, jumped into extremely crappy. (laughs) Uh, On the anniversary of my dad's death and my mom's birthday, I was diagnosed with cancer. And uh, that was not very easy. But God was, like, talking to me about it, like, months in advance. And uh, the night before I was like officially diagnosed, me and God were having a very, 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 very long conversation. And uh, he was asking me all the hard questions. And uh, the last question he asked me was, "Okay, Jen, if you walk into that office tomorrow and this doctor tells you, Okay, you're done, this is it. This is like, this is the end of the road for you. Would it change anything? And I was like, what what do you mean? Would it change anything? And he said, would it change anything? And I thought about it for a long time. And I came back and thought, like, if I got diagnosed tomorrow with, like, some crazy cancer that they couldn't diagnose, I'd still want to go to work. And I'd still want to have coffee with my friends. And I would still want to go to City City Bagel on Thursday mornings. And uh, I, I love my life, like, for the first time in 35 years. like. I could sit before God and honestly tell him, like, I would be fine because I love my life. And if I die here, like loving this instead of like on the street, like I could have, like I'm down. And uh, and I sat there for a minute, and God was just like, there's more to process. And there was this realization that like, I had never thought I would ever get to this point in my life. Like my life was just always supposed to be crappy. And I was like the one who was supposed to get all the bad things who, you know, like bad things just happened to me. That's my life. And I had accepted that. And God is like, uh-huh. like all those things you didn't understand, all those moments that you you thought like were all in vain, like this was my plan for you, like to be able to sit before me and say, like, I'm happy if my life is ending, like I would still want to be doing the things I'm now doing, hanging out with the people I get to hang out with because it's good. And uh, it made me realize like, if he can take me from where I was, y'all like, we won't go there. But if he can take me from where I was to where I am now, why do I fight him so much? You know, why don't I trust him? And it, it sparked this realization that like, I know he has plans for me. I know I know he planned for all of this. And I know that in the middle of me having cancer, he planned on me having the most amazing people around me supporting me and loving me and showing me that like life is good. And so it just really revived my hope in in being able to trust that God has it. God knows us. God sees us. He loves us and he, he won't let it be in vain. He loves us too much for that. Thank
0: you. God has a plan. He sees his people and he shares with different people uh, to different extents uh, uh, what that plan is. But here's what I can tell you this evening right here, right now, Christmas, Adam, 2020, God has plans for you in your life. Amen. God wants to use you as an instrument of righteousness. God wants to use you to bless the people around you. God wants to use you to bring encouragement into people's lives. God wants to use you for that. And I hope that, I hope that empowers some sort of hope in you. You know, another way that God empowers hope is through his inspired, inerrant, and infallible word. It says in Romans 15:4, for whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. And so another one of those things, if you're out there, if you're grasping for hope right now, find yourself near to the word, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. But wait, there's more, okay? I've got a few more. Hope invites the choice to fight. Hope invites the choice to fight because we actually have a responsibility when God has empowered this this hope. right the The invitation is to employ the hope that God has empowered. Does that make sense? The invitation for each of us is to employ and put into practice the hope that God has empowered and enabled and sparked. Just, just think with me, real quick, the Christmas story. You guys remember the angels? What were the angels doing? They were singing. There was an angel that told of uh, the baby Jesus to the shepherds, and then and then what? Did did they did they do anything with that message? Did they actually go? They 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 had to go and do something with it, right? Because the story that I read isn't just a poof, there it is, right? It's it's not a poof moment. And then you think about like the magi, as as Kelly shared with us um, this past Sunday, I think it was, um, and how it could have possibly taken like. 2 years after they saw that star to to travel all the way again it wasn't just a poof there it is moment it was it was i've got to constantly put this hope this promise of god that he's empowered that he has enabled we got to continue to put it in front of us we've got to continue to fix our eyes on jesus we've got to fix our eyes on on this hope and sometimes it's Sometimes it's a, a fight. We've got to continue to fight after it. Nick, if you would come up, or Bose, whoever wants to share it. Oh, they're going to fight over it. They're going to be some bows thrown. Hey, get that? Bose? Because their last name is Bose.
2: Yes. Okay. It is. It is a fight, and we have to remember where we get our hope from, where we get our strength from, where we get our advice from, where we get everything from, and who to go to first. Um, I'm going to share with you one of the hardest things as a mom. Um, It's pretty recent, but our baby girl (laughs) is going through depression, and she um, had a failed, praise God, suicide attempt, attempt. But what got me through it, because it was one of the darkest things I've ever had to go through, and one of the hardest things as a mom. But as my daughter was telling me what she had done, she said, but mom, I knew God was with me because I tried so hard, and that knife would not cut my skin. That's what was highlighted to me throughout that whole conversation because when she first opened up to us about being sad and about me I went to God I asked for advice I you know I, I went to him and he kept saying well do you trust me? do you trust me with her? and I'm like well yeah of course you know he's like no do you trust me? like do you really trust me? And I'm like, yes, but, like, I'm still her mom, <laughs> you know? And he's like, no, do you trust me with her? And I just, I'm like, well, yeah. why do you keep asking? I keep saying yes, but he knew that I hadn't fully, you know, surrendered my daughter to him fully. And um, he's, and then, like, he were, it, it took a while to get through to me. <laughs> and, um... Anyway, so he's working through me, working through me. And then one day he's like, so would you ever tell like your friends, like when the best time is to talk to their husbands and how they should talk to them and, and what time they should talk to them? And I'm like, well, no, like that's silly. And he's like, well, then you need to back off because this relationship between me and Kaya is our relationship. You need to back off and you have to trust me. And that's what I needed to be like, wow. So I trusted him and she went through her sad stuff and she went through and it, you know, the darkness tried, but I trusted him in that out of everything my daughter told me. I heard her say, but I knew God was with me and that was enough for me to get through this. That was enough for me to say, I trust you, Lord. I do. I trust you. Thank you for being with her, Lord. Thank you for showing her that you were still with her even though she was trying so hard. I trust you. I trust you. I really do. really do. Have her, Lord. She's yours. You can disciple her better than I ever could. You can minister to her more than I ever could. You can love her more than I can, God. Help her, she's yours, I trust you. And so, I know I'm crying, but this is hope. And the way that I found to keep it strong is to declare whatever I'm going through if it's strength that I need Lord you're my strength you're my strength you're my strength if it's where I need to trust him God I trust you I trust you father I trust you if we need help with finances Lord you're my provider oh God you're able hallelujah I praise you right now for being my provider And so I just encourage you, family, to call out who He is, proclaim it, declare it, say it out loud, and believe it. And when you say it out loud, there's power in your tongue. Declare who He is, what you need, He has. What you lack, He has plenty of. So I just stand up here today And tell you the way I keep my hope in the hardest, darkest situations that come my way is I declare who my father is and who I know he is. And he comes through. Because look at my babies up here worshiping, he comes through.
0: So the invitation is to employ the hope that God empowers, to continue to put, a, put it in front of us, to continue to press after it, continue to keep it in front of our face. You know, and maybe that looks like a little note card. Maybe that looks like uh, having people for accountability in your life that are going to uh, continually remind you of it. And then lastly, I want to end here that uh, our hope is eternal. Our hope is eternal. If, if the story would end just with, at Christmas, then we might, someone might be able to say that, well, God may have empowered hope at one point. God may have... Um, invited us to employ that hope, but that hope is dead now because he was in the grave. But I know that the sun always rises after dark. After three days in the grave, Jesus was raised back to life and he's alive today. Yeah. Listen, I wanna share this final scripture with us and it is Psalm 39. Verse 7. And now, O Lord, for what do I wait? My hope. My hope is in you. My hope is in you. Just declare that today. My hope is in you. I want to turn on some, some lights. Yeah. Okay.
1: Talking about fighting. Fifteen years ago, I gave up the fight. Almost destroyed my family. I'm still a minister. Every Sunday I stand in the pulpit up in Island Park, Idaho. But I gave up the fight. And don't give up the fight because God is God of restoration. Believe me, no matter what it is, he's a God of restoration. And don't give up the fight. What I did was I took it upon myself and I fought alone. And I was doomed to lose. But tonight, I have hope.
0: Amen. Listen, we've got hope because a light from outside of this darkness in this world has come in to this world. Hey, thanks again for joining us. If you have been blessed by Rise Church, be sure to follow us and share it on your social media. You can subscribe to a podcast. And if you haven't had a chance to give yet, you can do so at risechurchid.org. Or send a text message with a cash amount to the number 84321. And remember that the mission field is all around you. So go in the power of Jesus and bring that transformation for his glory.